Hey everybody, July 27th, wow, just about the end of the month, uh, warming up out there a little bit, but not near as bad. I noticed that most of North Dakota, South Dakota, and Montana getting to 105 degrees today. Not not the entire all three states, but a big swath of their, what I call their grain producing areas, especially the spring wheat areas getting 105 degrees and talking to a couple of agronomists from up there that I think know what they talk about. They're saying irreparable damage is being done. Even if they get rain next week, they got a lot of crops up there that basically this 105 degree temperature here, uh, the 100 degree temperatures the last couple days uh, and, the, and the lack of rainfall has pretty much done them in. Uh, one guy just said, all it'll do is make for a muddy harvest now. He said, that's probably the next thing will happen is we'll get rain. Now, he said, the hay pasture cattle guys would much appreciate any kind of rain right now. But the, uh, for, for the way for grain production, he's basically saying right now we're, they're far enough late enough into the season. It's just irreparable harm uh, is being done. And, you know, there we are. Okay. Uh, Judy and I took crop tour yesterday. Uh, we still got to complete the final leg of it uh, today. Going to go through kind of western, north, central Illinois today and, and see what things look like. But um, as – and our route that we took, we went across on 36, turned north at Macon, uh, right south of Kirksville, though, we took um, Missouri 6 and then turned on to 16. And I can tell you the crops along 6 looked better, like around Edina, than they did along 16. And you, you got into a few spots here in northeast Missouri, and especially uh, as you got closer to the Des Moines River there at Keokuk, uh, where you would you would it, it wasn't the occasional it was like every oh I don't know fifth sixth seventh uh, field of corn was planted later and and several of them you know you had you had the early corn that was completely tasseled then you had fields that were just now tasseling and I can tell you as warm as it is it's probably not a good time to be pollinating and then you had those fields that that you know, in maybe a few spots of the field, you could see it's getting real close to tasseling, but in other spots, it was yellow. It was two or three feet tall. Um, you could see that it had probably been put in around the first of June, mudded in, not in real good conditions. Now you're going to go ahead and plant that stuff for crop insurance, but uh, and probably too, those are fields without tile systems in them. And so they're going to be the last ones to dry out. They probably didn't get dried out. And then when you are do get wet, they stay wet a lot longer. Overall, we've seen a few soybean fields that looked like they had been planted earlier that looked pretty good, except where you could see water damage in them. Uh, but overall, um, the beans are short. They're late. Uh, to quote Judy, if that was my field of beans, I'd be sick. And she said that about more than one field of beans. You could, see, and, and and she made the observation that in some of these wet areas of these beans, where they've been hurt with water, you can now see they're being hurt because they're not getting any rain. So it's dried up on them. It's got warm, it, and the ground's hard. It's had water on it. 
So they went from too much water to not enough water, and that's not a good condition. Overall, though, my rating of the corn crop in, in northeast Missouri is, is good. Fair to Midland, probably the biggest observation is it looks like to me a lot of this corn got too much water and is running out of nitrogen. Now, is it going to be pretty good corn for northeast Missouri? Yeah, it's going to be good corn. I don't know. It's, it's, it, here's my take on this corn right now. It's 2020. If, if it stays warm and dry and we miss these predicted rains next week and it stays warm and dry, uh, it's going to be 20 bushel under its average yield. If, though, on the other hand, we get rain and it cools off, and we get great weather to finish this thing out, it's going to be 20 bushel over its average yield. So I, I we're kind of sitting in that, what I call that 2020. You were probably two rains away from a really big crop and missing two rains of still having a crop, but just not having a lot of crop. Now, on the soybeans, that's a different story. These beans are going to need some help. They're going to need some water. They're going to need some good t- uh, good weather temperature wise rainfall wise not only in the month of august but into the first probably three weeks of september they got a long way to go and starting to get to be a short time to get there doesn't mean that short beans still can't yield really well doesn't mean the late planted beans can't yield real well but it just appears to me that those beans got planted and then then came that cool weather in may or maybe these beans even didn't get planted in may uh they just didn't get just didn't get up and get going and uh, that that's either that stall out time or the fact that it was planted late coming back to haunt us on these soybeans um i i would rate the beans fair that's that's my that's just kind of the overall rating is fair uh the the beads more than the corn need good weather to finish but i think this corn i I think we underestimate at times the amount of influence that august has on corn yield and when you start talking kernel depth and corn you're talking 20 to 25 percent of the corn yield and that's the month of august and that's temperature driven especially nighttime temperatures and it's rainfall driven and even though they were struggling in areas to get to get the first cutting of grass hay up, and you know there's a lot of hills and old pastures and stuff that they bale uh, in north uh, east Missouri. They put a lot of hay up that way, and and you know you could see the occasional area where yeah they left a triangle there, kind of on the side of the hill, and you could see there where they had put some ruts trying to mow it. And they had to leave a patch, so they're late getting this. Most of this first cut in the grass would have been up and gone and done. Uh, the wheat, you see some wheat fields that were rutted up. Uh, you, and now those ruts are dry, though. You can tell they're dry. Uh, still got some wheat straw to bale. Got a lot of wheat straw baled, but haven't moved the bales off the fields. Um, you know, the, the double crop, um, to me, appears that that some of it's just not going to get double cropped uh, just got laid on them it just got wet but now it's dried out and like i said that's not a good recipe being wet early and then dry late it's never a good recipe but overall um fair to midland good corn crop uh overall 
uh, you have those more than occasional problem fields that are that are hurt pretty bad. Uh, it's the bean crop, and and I think that's been the the contention with everybody. They're just you know they're a lot happier with how their corn looks versus how their soybeans look. Just nobody real thrilled with the soybean crop around here, and uh, time will tell. But I think that's going to be interesting. Uh, final thoughts on on some other stuff going on. Uh, listening to a couple guys out of Brazil that I think, once again, I, I've followed for a long time. And they're talking about the last three weeks, there had been 15 million metric ton taken off the second corn crop in Brazil. Either through freezes, dry weather, just all, all kinds of stuff not going in their direction that that Brazilian second corn crop continues to shrink. Uh, Argentina's big river, what is it, the Paraná River, um, the Paraná, uh, I may be saying that wrong. I don't speak Spanish nor Portuguese real well. But that river uh, is really low. Maybe may like the 1944 record for low, it's it's primarily fed out of the drought area in Brazil that's still droughty, still dry. And this river's heading for a situation, well, right now, they're loading the ships 25% less capacity than normal. So they're only loading them three-quarter full. you got to remember, too, Argentina is a huge exporter of corn, a soybean meal. I think they're the number one world exporter of soybean meal. Uh, this soybean thing could get interesting now doesn't mean brazil's not going to plant every acre they can to soybeans i see that coming see that coming a mile off but that crop's not going to be here for a while and if argentina continues to have the problems with their shipping and you know the 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 bean crop overall in the united states nobody's real thrilled with it and i think you can see too the grain trade once again was fooled in the fact that they thought the crop condition ratings were be better, were, were, would be better than what they've actually been rated. Uh, we, we just, you know, we just haven't got overall across the whole country that fantastic weather that, that the farmers would really like to see. And that's where we are. The, 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 the last thing I'll comment on is uh, the, cat, the, the cattle inventory numbers came out from USDA. And of course, we're down. We're down about a percent. Uh, feeder cattle is going to be down a little bit more from that. Uh, the cattle numbers would have been down more, except dairy dairy cows are up two percent. And I'm I'm going to upset my Holstein friends here, but I'm sorry. Even if you breed a Holstein cow to a black bull, beef bull, you're not going to get the high quality of meat that the boss is raising, where you know she's using. Uh, Simitol and Simangus genetics primarily with, with a little bit of old mean Anjou uh, genetics thrown in there um, to, to make high quality meat. So we're going to have more low quality meat and not as much high quality meat because we're, we're losing some of our beef cows. We just continue to do it. Um, it just seems like every year there's a place in the country that liquidates a few more cows primarily weather related and as it stays dry out west you know even if the dakotas would start getting rain because north dakota has been the big big uh 
mover of cows. Even even if it does, you know, start raining up there, you still got it dry in Washington, Idaho, Oregon, California, you know, Montana. Uh, those places are still dry themselves. So it looks like to me we continue to shrink the cow herd, which down the road is going to mean that we're going to have to find a place for not a whole lot, but a little bit more corn somewhere. Well, hey, smartest audience in agriculture. We'll uh, we'll we'll give you. I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow about a little bit of what we see in Illinois on the way all the way back home, um, and then uh, we'll we'll do this again. Get out and drive around. Um, you know, I'm not out tromping around through the fields. Uh, we stop occasionally and look at stuff. Uh, we talk to people occasionally about you know where it's at. Um, we're just doing the windshield survey. Uh, the boss is over there. If you hear music in the background, it's her trying to mess around with her iPad and her computer and selling beef and everything else. And she got some background music. She's putting the hand up to be telling me to shut up. Well, hey, to the smartest audience in agriculture, we'll talk to you again tomorrow.